I see all this potential. And I see it squandered. God damn it, an entire generation pumping gas, waiting tables, slaves with white collars. Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy shit we don't need. We're the middle children of history, man. No purpose or place. We have no great war, no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. We're very, very pissed off. Oh, God damn it! Good morning, good day, good evening. It is Monday. It is April 25th, 2022. And we are still here. We did not get nuked. I don't know about you, but I am exhausted with this whole... I don't want to call it crying wolf because I don't think it's being done to purposely make us crazy. But I got to tell you, it's just exhausting with all this. Is today the day? Is today the day? Is today the day? Or tonight? And unfortunately, it could be one of many, many things. And so you can't just blow it off, which is what makes it exhausting. So uh, I am happy to report I have been totally wrong every single time. Nothing could make me more pleased because I don't want bad things to happen. But that doesn't mean we don't need to be paying attention. So we are starting a brand new day, and uh, so the first thing I want to say is, some of you guys, I want to say thank you. I've had some uh, comment and feedback uh, that's been very nice. It's been supportive of what I'm doing, because I feel like I'm just banging around in the dark over here with hitting my head on the wall, never knowing really what to say, because there's just too much happening. Like, how do you pick? How do you focus? What do we choose to focus on? So I want to say how much I appreciate some of you uh, going above and beyond and actually specifically stating that you appreciate what's happening here. So thank you. I appreciate you being here and allowing me to do this because I figure if there's a couple people who are getting something from it, then that's all that matters versus me having long conversations with myself out loud, <laughs> which is one of the things I've thought about calling this Jill's Journals Out Loud. So uh, anyways, before we uh, go any further, I also wanted to say thank you for those of you who did commentary on my Predators on the Loose posting. I like it when I see lots of different ideas and information and feedback. Uh, so I hope you guys are getting something from the comments from each other also. I think it's always good to see what everybody's doing in terms of their own thinking process. Uh, the, the next thing I wanted to cover here <clears throat> is uh, kind of a continuation of this predator idea. And, you know, one of the reasons I started talking to people who I feel like I have something in common with 
uh, those of us who are wired to run towards danger, those of us who have a primary default into the fight response, is because one of the questions I was asking myself is, what do you do when it's peaceful? I mean, there's got to be a purpose for people who are wired like this. Uh, I think what we're seeing around us is that because we weren't doing anything, uh, things got as bad as they did. So now more than ever, you know, we need people who are willing to do the hard thing, to, to look at the hard truth, to move towards the danger. Uh, not, you know, just for fun, as in high-risk sports, but because it's all very real. We're in a very dangerous world, and <clears throat> things are escalating so quickly. If we don't have people willing to do the hard parts, then I'm not sure how that works out. And I could be totally wrong. Maybe the real role of us is to just step back. But in times of peace, or in like what I'm experiencing, in times of uh, physical, I don't want to say degeneration, but the lack of energy to go and do, what do you do with yourself? Because, uh, you know, we've people, humans have not always been a warring culture. Uh, there's actually lots of examples of peaceful uh, periods of time where people did not make war on each other. I mean, I'm sure there's always been you know, those emotional reactive conflicts between uh, people who are close to each other. It's hard to not, you know, want to get physical, especially when you're younger and you don't have as much control. But there have been, you know, big chunks of time historically where people were not violent or seeking to conquer and control each other. And, you know, that's some of the historical evidence. If you like that kind of stuff, Greg Braden, G-R-E-G-G-B-R-A-D-E-N. He has a book on that. He likes to explore a lot of that stuff. But um, it isn't always been part of us. And when I was in my 20s and I had started down this long journey, I, I found the point where we became violent and wanted to conquer each other and it was really the transferring of the hunter-gatherer into the agricultural society and when the hunters didn't have anything to do they weren't farmers they couldn't sit around and farm and at that same moment in time the ability to smelt metal came into place. So you had a convergence of men who were wired to kind of want to fight and metals being forged as weapons. And that became the shift culturally as we know it where tribes began to make war on each other and there was a plunder for goods, ownership of things versus the farming mentality, which is to produce. And so we've always had a produce versus plunder mentality, uh, but, but it was the moment the hunter-gatherer model became just one way, and agricultural allowed us to farm, and I'll say tend, T-E-N-D, tend, because they didn't really have ranches back then. They tended their livestock. It became organized, and it became sedentary, and it became localized and then communities grew roots and you still had a group of people who wanted to hunt they wanted to uh, move freely they wanted to 
take what they needed because they didn't want to produce what they needed. And there was also a time where you could hunt and gather. Uh, We are no longer in a world that allows hunting and gathering. And part of this conversation that I've had in my head for a long time sort of came to a peak this morning because like you, you know, I'm running around trying to figure out how to farm and actually grow some food. And I am so resistant. Not only am I too tired to really do it. I mean, I'm just making these like sad little efforts. I have zero interest. The truth is, is I hate farming. I hate growing vegetables. I don't even like eating vegetables. It all goes under that category of this is what I should do. This is what I'm required to do. This is what my body needs. Uh, If I want to survive, I have to grow food. Uh, And on every other side of that is I hate this. I don't want to do it. And I'm so aware of my own wiring is that I'm not built for this. I'm not built to farm because farming requires you to be constant and steady and consistent and there's nothing about me that's consistent except my inconsistencies which would make me an excellent hunter and gatherer because if you think about the act of hunting for food right you go you shoot you kill you process you eat you carry it around for a few days and then you repeat it where farming and tending livestock Uh, They only slaughtered their livestock once a year in the late fall for winter. Uh, In the summer, they didn't have big meat. They uh, did either fishing or chickens or, you know, their harvesting. There wasn't, there was no way, if you had a warm climate, you didn't uh, kill your meat in the summer. You, you know, you had cheese, you had butter, you had things uh, that you processed from your animals. So it's a completely different model and a way of being. And so while I'm, you know, theoretically aware of all this, you know, the reality is a survival at this moment in time demands some kind of farming. And everything in me just hates every single moment of it. But it really brought back this idea about how what is our role? Uh, so when I talked about predator the other day, uh, we look at predators as something to fear, but they're actually an essential part of the ecosystem. There's a really interesting video, true or not, about when the wolves were returned to Yellowstone, and it's a compilation video, and it shows the geographic landscape changes in the environment when the predator of the wolf came back into being and uh, you know it the wolves curbed the deer or whatever the the foragers were the uh oh the dog's gonna drink sorry can't edit that out uh the so the forest grew back the water pathways changed uh it was just fascinating if i can find it i'll post it under this but i don't remember the name of it but it was so interesting now again you know there's always people who poo poo it and say that's not true but but if you have zero predator in a culture, in a society, in an ecosystem, uh, it doesn't function, right? Everybody can't sit around and farm. There have to be people doing other things. And what we've done in modern times is we've outsourced our predators and we've given them power and control without any oversight, right? We put them into positions of power and then we just walk away and 
let them do what they want because we're good people and we assume they're good people. And anybody who has predator energy knows that it takes an incredible amount of restraint to not act on it in a way that takes advantage of those who are weaker and uh, less interested in dealing with their own uh, predator instinct or they just have none at all they collapse although fascinatingly as a side note uh, i divide people your predator hero uh, victim victims are actually very predatory in their behaviors they're just completely unaware of it it's a fascinating uh, study but we're not going to do all that here now so what role do predators have when we've created a system where we've outsourced predators uh, we've outsourced that fight hunter gatherer mentality We've restricted it. We've put a thousand rules around it. Uh, we have celebrated it as a culture that probably has never existed versus uh, the realities of how it has served us in our past. Uh, and it's never a perfect system. So there's never a perfect system where everybody is perfectly happy. But I think, you know, so many people have this idea that if we just had peace, everything would be okay. Oh, sorry. Ra rabbit and dog. Freedom. No. So, oh my God. Take two. Today is Monday. It is April... You know what? I can't even do this. All right. Uh, so, so I'm going to try and edit this. Uh, I had to stop recording and I couldn't pick it back up. And so then I just tried to redo the 15 minutes I'd already done. Uh, what happened was a rabbit went by and Freedom's predatory instincts kicked in. He wouldn't stop barking. My instincts kicked in and I won't stop yelling at him and I am completely flooded with all the stress hormones of fight and kill and this is sort of my point uh, I'm so agitated right now so I've gone with zero to a hundred which is actually part of the ADHD brain mechanism uh, I always thought everybody had this but Apparently, everybody does not. They call it emotional dysregulation. What I call it is a very fast fight response because there was an immediate threat. Now, the threat wasn't real, but if there had been an immediate threat, you know, I'm in a sports car, a race car. I flood so fast that it takes a nanosecond. I can't, it's very difficult for me to stop it or uh, engage it in such a way that I calm it down. And it takes a while for all those chemicals to dissipate. Uh, but in the meantime, all I want to do is hurt things. Like everything in my thinking and my feeling is I just want to hurt things. And so this is just real, right? This is who I am. You know, I don't share it. I try to stay away from people so they're not on the other end of it. Uh, freedom has learned to adjust to it because even though it's uncomfortable for him, he's completely unresponsive to it. Uh, it, it hurts him energetically, but he also doesn't care. It doesn't, he doesn't alter his behavior because of it. Like he just stays away from me and he'll only come back when I calm down. So 
I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying this is who I am. And there's people like me, and we are the predatory class. We are the wired for danger class. We are the fight class. And there's a purpose for it, but I'm going to go back to that original question. In times of peace, uh, especially also as you age and you can't be as physical, uh, what do you do with that? Now, I am noticing as I get older, or because of what's been going on with my brain in terms of the degeneration of my own brain, I have less and less control over it, which is another reason why I stay away from everybody. But the, the other thing I wanted to toss in here before I forget or get down a rabbit trail, <laughs> pun intended, is I've been watching this show, which I initially didn't like, but now I'm just completely into. And I think it's called The Kingdom. It's a Netflix show. But what's fascinating to me about it, it is made up of English and Danish Vikings uh, in, I want to say it's like 900... Uh, AD because they're talking it's post-Christian because there's also a Christian pagan issue but what's so interesting to me about that is that is my ancestry I am uh, 30% English and 25% Danish so 75 the other 25% is Italian so 75% of my cultural ancestor memory coding right in my DNA is in this exact period of time and so it's been really interesting because you know I'm I'm looking at it trying to imagine what it would have been like to live back then and you know all the same issues the politics the seeking for power uh, the navigating religion the institutional uh, the institution of religion you know trying to get a foothold all the same dynamics uh, occur then as they do now, but there's just some basic fundamental differences. And, you know, one of them is, is you there weren't very many different classes of people, right? There were people who produced, which were the farmers and the tenders, right? The little village people who produced all the food so that those who were power hungry or health power, like kings and earls and people like that, who sat in their uh, big houses and let the little people serve them food, and then the warrior class who kept everybody in charge, uh, and then a priest class who secretly was more of a warrior, oftentimes advising the kings or the earls, or you had the priest class who genuinely just wanted to help people. That tended to go either way. And so it's sort of the benevolent king versus a conquering king. So we all have that kind of split down the, the middle when it comes to power. But the warrior class had something to do. They had to go out and plunder. They had to protect. Uh, there was this constant negotiation for, uh, at this time, it was the transition between uh, gathering wealth through plundering and conquering versus gathering wealth through peace and productivity. But what happens, right, when the peace and the productivity model takes off is that people just find other ways to cheat and steal only they're not using violence so the dynamics never change but it still always takes me back to this question like what just happened is I have this very powerful physical visceral response that only can be managed physically and it is most effectively discharged physically. 
but what purpose, what role do we have in today's culture and society for people like the warrior class? Now we send them off to war. Uh, some of them just go into the financial institutions where they're the same as a pirate. They're same as a as a, a plunt. They plunder everybody else financially. So. Remember, the dynamics never change, but the real question is, and I say this earnestly, is that, you know, I can't not be who I am. I have spent my whole life trying to not be who I am, uh, and I, I do it by hiding, which isn't really probably the most appropriate response. But when I watch their lifestyle of being out on the open range and hunting for their food and the close camaraderie that they have, the camaraderie doesn't come, the connection doesn't come because they're talking about anything. It comes because of the, the way that they're living. And so I think that we're moving into a period of time where I think we're going to have to start asking ourselves these questions again because... Uh, there's going to be people like me who cannot farm. Like, I can't grow food. And so that was sort of the initiation. I mean, I can, but I just hate it and I always fail at it because I'm just not designed to do it. I don't have the attention span. I don't have the interest. I don't have the patience. Uh, and I make a mistake, and it only takes one mistake in farming, and you lose everything. And that's just, I'm just not wired to do it. And so then there are people like me who are left over, like, how am I going to eat, right? So you either collect power and you have people give you food or you take power and you take other people's food. Uh, or, you know, there's a third way and we find a different way to exchange something for food. So I'm bringing all this up because there aren't any good and simple answers, but I was just so aware today because I'm you know, I'm just so tired every single day. And so this morning, you know, I took out the dog out for a little walk and uh, was gathering pine needles because I'm using <clears throat> the pine needles for mulch since I don't have any uh, other, anything else I don't have access to. And how I can only do just a tiny little bit every day. And, you know, fingers crossed, it will be enough. But that I hate every minute of it and so I thought you know I really need to be honest about this because I keep talking about how important it is to grow food but I also have to be honest that I hate it I hate everything about it uh, I hate the process of it I don't even like to eat the vegetables but we don't live in a world that allows me to truly hunt and gather uh, I can go to the store and hunt and gather, and I do that. That's kind of, I was thinking about how my shopping for food is a lot like hunting and gathering. I'm hunting for the best deal, and I'm gathering uh, what I can eat later. So in many ways, I hunt and gather as I shop. But how much of our culture and society is now built on the back of systems that have taken away the farming, right? We, most people don't farm. And so we have to really ask ourselves, who are we? Are we hunter-gatherers? Are we farmers and tenders? Uh, I would be much better tending livestock than farming, but I still would get bored. 
Are we people who seek power that want to control and be in charge of everybody? Uh, Are we a priest class who wants to whisper and be second in command, the hidden uh, the hidden eye and ear that's that's really orchestrating things. We want to be Merlin to King Arthur. Do we want to be uh, a priest class where we're really healing and tending and being gentle and compassionate? Uh, do we want to be a maker, a, a producing, a craftsman, a blacksmith? Uh, do we want to make tools? Do we want to build carts or... Uh, Do we want to figure out how to sew clothes or produce things that people need? Uh, Do we want to be a healer in the old apothecary way? Do we want to collect herbs and techniques and make bandages and be ready on on call 24-7, right, 365, and to attend to those in need whenever they need it? There's, there's so many roles that are necessary for human and civilization to, to be, uh, but we really haven't had to think about it because almost all of our jobs are built on the back of the fact that we don't have to produce food, right? Our water shows up and our food shows up, shows up. And that has given us a tremendous amount of luxury. And, and one of the other things that stimulated all this was how much information is out there and how we're not doing anything but we're observing and talking about it and I listened to another podcast and I may talk about this in another day and he was talking about uh, his whole uh, focus is on technology and is it a instrument do we use technology and devices as an instrument or do we use them as a, me- a method of comfort and distraction and how he believes, you know, that we need to recreate what he calls households, uh, different ways of being in community. Uh, and he talked about how if you can't do that, the next best, best thing is a pilgrimage, which means you just go out and do something hard with a group of people, and that will bond you and connect you to that group of people. And that really made me think of this TV show where the warrior groups are so connected to each other because they're on the road. It's like a pilgrimage, only it's violent, right? But it's that same process of connecting to each other. And so uh, I just toss all this out because I am aware of this great rift within myself of I can't, I'm not a farmer. I suck at farming. I hate farming. Uh, And I'm moving into a future that says if I don't, I won't eat, but I also know there's a lot of people like me, and what are we going to do when we can't do the thing that we're supposed to? Well, the rabbit is coming back, so I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, So just something to think about. I hope I can get these two pieces edited together. It was not my intention or plan, but whatever. That means I have to drag out the big computer, blah, 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 blah. Okay, deep breath, my friends. I hope you have a super fabulous day. The dog is getting ready to bark, and I will see you next time.